1: Wipe those brows! Illinois survives and advances with a 54 to 53 win over 13 seed Chattanooga. Derek Piper, Jeremy Warner, Derek Illinois only leads for 25 seconds of this game. Didn't take a lead until the 40th minute with a Kofi Coburn put back, and then you need two Alfonso Plummer free throws, a late Coleman Hawkins block, and a missed Malachi Smith kind of contested uh, fadeaway two-pointer to close the game. But Illinois finds a way to survive and advance not when you feel good about there, but this isn't an infamous loss, right? Like This would have been another ter- ter- terrible, terrible NCAA tournament loss for Brad Underwood, Kofi Coburn, Trent Frazier, and the whole crew. But they find a way to survive another day. We'll see what they can do about it, but Wow, that was – can't believe they found a way to pull out what was one of the ugliest games of the season for them. Seth Davis is on to (laughs) something, I guess. Apparently not ultimately right at the very end, but
2: Chattanooga gave Illinois a run for its money and really, you could argue, really should have won the game. I I think that who whether Illinois won the game or Chattanooga kind of let it slip and and they gave Illinois opportunity after opportunity to come back and take control, take a lead there in the second half and kind of for a while both teams were like – Nah, I'm not really sure if we're, if we're going to do this, but uh, yeah, you said it there is if this NCAA tournament goes the way that Illinois can, in terms of playing up to their potential and goes on a run, this isn't a game, I'm going to say a forgettable game, but not a game that you're going to look back on or maybe be front of mind in terms of defining your season, defining an NCAA tournament, but it was a dangerous, dangerous game. Uh, and it was scary. I mean, before you could even, realized the game was going on and at least that's what it seemed like for Illinois in terms of an urgency standpoint uh, and them competing was 14 to three and you were down uh, and offensively it was just really really ugly so a lot of concerning signs out of this game and, and really not a whole lot of positives other than Coleman Hawkins saved your season with a huge block Kofi made uh, a couple of big plays Plummer got going there in the second half but uh, a lot of things that Illinois was saying going into this game we didn't see. We didn't see a team playing loose and fun and confident and learning from last year. They were kind of lifeless and kind of tight, and uh, they, they really played with fire, and they were very, very fortunate to
1: just to have another chance to play again. I mean, they were fortunate to play the number 51-seeded team in the NCAA tournament, and Chattanooga played hard. They were the tougher team throughout most of this game. I thought they were the better coach team for, for most of this game. Some of the things they did to Illinois uh, defensively, I mean, they pressured – Illinois veteran guards and Illinois veteran guards, as you said, were pretty tight. Uh, they, they made things difficult for Kofi, didn't let him finish around the rim, hacked the heck out of him. Uh, and, and it worked. They, they kept Kofi in check for most of the first half. And then Kofi finally got going there. Um, but all the lingering concerns we've talked about Derek throughout the season, right? It's, Trent Frazier has not been very aggressive, and he just hasn't been very good offensively here recently. DeMonte Williams has been a non-factor offensively. Jacob Granison gets hurt at a very inopportune time when you need somebody who can score, and he didn't take a shot in his nine minutes on the court today. And then the wild streaks of of Andre Corbeau, who gave this team a boost. He was a plus 18, did some really good things defensively, got them going a little bit offensively late in the second half but also one of seven. And a lot of those shots are as good as turnovers because they're poor shots kind of doing the Dirk Nowitzki fadeaway, away. Uh, and he had six turnovers. Um, so guard play carries you a lot of times in the tournament. And, and as you said, Kofi, Played at a great level. I mean, for the last 30 minutes of this game, he played at an All-American level with 17 points, 13 rebounds. Coleman Hawkins gives you 10 points, 8 rebounds, a huge block. He missed the front end, but he also made up for it on the other end. Uh, those Your front court is playing extremely well here recently. Your guard play is not. Fortunately, Alfonso Plummer got hot at the right time, kept shooting, uh, kept being confident, uh, and, and he lifted you offensively. But guard play, at least on the offensive end, has been a huge issue. Can they get enough buckets against good teams? Can they handle pressure and can they just make plays? That has been a huge issue, um, especially with Trent Frazier and, and some kind of shooting funk, but also just seemingly in a confidence funk right now. Uh, I think that's a big issue and it puts a lot of pressure on, on Curbello And sometimes you got to ride or die with him and you could ride or die. And at moments uh, throughout the game, kind of went both ways there. So, so guard play is a huge concern.
2: Knowing how talented this backcourt is and how much experience there is, when you consider Trent Frazier, DeMonte Williams, Plummer being an older grad transfer, and then Curbelo having logged well, significant minutes as a freshman he's played in the tournament, you expect more. You expect more from this backcourt. Uh, and the fact that Curbelo, who is still, I think at this point, you're expecting him to get into more of a groove. And we've seen that. We, we saw that against Indiana. But today he was a little bit more of a loose cannon. He was taking more of those ill-advised hero ball shots. And then the turnovers were, were certainly concerning. A lot of those seemed like pick sixes. Like that was where he would get some steals, uh, make some plays defensively, but then he'd give it right back and, and they were runouts for Chattanooga. So uh, that was concerning. Plummer, yeah, he shot you into the game in the second half and you'll take that. You certainly will. But uh, defensively, he's really bad. Rebounding wise, he's non-existent. And when he's not making shots, he just is a a net negative in a big way. Trent Frazier, I understand he has the pink eye, uh, which it's really significantly swollen or whatever it is, but he's been flat out bad. I mean, the last three games combined, he's five for 25 from the field and doesn't look very confident, doesn't look very assertive. And tonight it was – he
1: just didn't seem ready for the moment. I think that he- and, and let's be honest. I mean, that's piggybacking off of last year's NCAA tournament game against Loyola when they need somebody to step up and score. I mean, he shot the ball. At least he was one for 10 though. This game he's 0 for six. Like that would have been a tough way to go out. Um, so it's, so it'd be great for Illinois, but also for Trent Frazier, uh, if he can have a bounce back performance against a much better team in Houston that we'll get into Derek, but, um, he didn't handle the pressure very well, both the moment and the actual physical pressure uh, that Chattanooga put on them. Because you know they didn't stand a chance against Kofi, so they hacked him. they doubled them, but they also you know kept Kofi from getting the ball because the guards just weren't very strong with the ball.
2: Yeah, how many times we've seen or we've heard Brad Underwood say this is Trent Fraser's team, and Trent Frazier went zero for six from the field and just really, really struggled. Was didn't rise up and play. Very well offensively, and like you said, he was bothered by the way that Chattanooga got into him. And Houston is an outstanding defense; they got guards that are going to come at you and pressure you, and uh, it's not getting any easier in terms of that sense. So, uh, on a quick turnaround, he's going to have to figure it out, and he's going to have to make some shots, and uh, especially. And we'll talk about the matchup more in particular, but Kofi's going to have a hard time getting 17 and 13 against Houston with the way they defend the paint uh, and trap. Uh, the, the you know, down in the post. So uh, he's going to have to, Trent's going to have to be a lot better and uh, we'll see if you can ultimately
1: get that. But if you don't, it's very, very scary that you'll be down and out there. Yeah. Frazier is 28 for 89 Derek during his last four games. He's in a prolonged shooting slump. Um, uh, not 28 for 29. That's Illinois shooting from three during the last four games, but but Trent is shooting about 31% during the last four games, uh, five for 25, uh, during the last three games. It's uh, not been very good for him here recently, but DeMonte's not a factor, right? Jacob Grandison with the injury has not been a factor, so uh, it means you got to ride with Curbelo uh, at times. I will say this the guards, to their credit, played fantastic defense, like your defense was able to keep you in the game. I don't think it would have against a team like Houston, but they did shut down the two big guards for Chattanooga. Malachi Smith, who averages 20 a game, had 12 points on 4-for-20 shooting. David jean Baptiste, who averages about 13 a game, had four points on 2-for-11 shooting. Darius Banks didn't get going. They had some guys step up and make some field goals in the first half, but you held uh, UTC to – 20 points in the second half felt like a lot of those were off turnovers uh, as well. So the half court defense was certainly locked in and, and they showed some toughness and grit on that end. And uh, though they gave up a lot of offensive rebounds and give, didn't give up a lot of points. Yeah, to
2: have Chattanooga shoot 27 percent from the field in the second half is certainly a way that you can kind of just gut it out. And, and ultimately, when it's winning time, have it go your way and i'm not taking anything away from again coleman hawkins block or some plays on the stretch that illinois had to make to ultimately win but to get to that point you did need to get some stops and make sure they didn't get away from you it was early second half and chattanooga was up 11 and if they were going to continue to score they went on a quick 7-0 run uh, it could have really gotten away from you and, and been a insurmountable lead that the Mox could have built but yeah to have malachi smith who so player of the year 20 shots to get 12 points. You had to give some credit to Illinois in the backcourt there, and also Gene Baptiste was never really comfortable. So that is certainly when you factor in Trent and and Demonte, uh, really in particular, also Andre Carbello. That that certainly helps them there. So uh, that was good, but you just can't. 54 points is is not going to cut it, and uh, and you're going to face more high level players here coming forward. Houston to start, and if you are going to go any further, then obviously. You,
1: talking Arizona let's bring this up Derek um Brad Underwood's last two NCAA tournament games have not gone very well for him now his team has not been prepared he said his team was loose all that stuff Kofi repeated that today uh after the game they certainly didn't play that way and and I'm sure the pressure of what we've talked about the pressure of you know the last two disappointing marches certainly weighed on this team and, and led to them being tight but uh at the same time like it's got to be an urgency from a team with Trent Frazier and DeMonte Williams. Uh, Kofi Coburn, I thought, had good energy throughout most of the game, but I felt like the guys that you felt comfortable with in the first half were Coleman Hawkins and, and Andre Curbello. Like Those guys actually came in, boosted the team. Uh, but Brad Underwood, like, is there anything schematically, Derek? Uh, I, I thought he should have gone with Corbello to start the second half. I thought that first four minutes of the second half could have been a huge reason they lost because Illinois whittled that lead uh, to four at halftime. They come out, you're thinking, Oh, taking an early lead. Maybe they can run away. The more talented team Chattanooga starts on a 0 run. And you're thinking, Oh, this is happening. Like they're going to lose this game. They do enough defensively and, and just enough plays on offense to, to come back and win. But I thought putting Plummer back in to start when you needed stops, I thought was most important at that time. thought that was an interesting move for him that could have backfired, but fortunately Plummer got hot late.
2: Yeah, I fully agree with you on Curbelo and the way that he finished the first half and and looking at the start of the first half, start of the second half, the, the runs that Chattanooga went on not to have Curbelo out there in the start of the second half. Certainly, uh, in hindsight, in particular, it looks like a mistake and maybe something he's going to have to pivot going forward, whether it means starting against Houston or just being able to, to flip that switch, if that's something that uh, is clear when. You're, you're better with Kerbella out there on the floor. and I think also – What
1: do you make of that plus 18, by the way, for Andre Kerbella? Because that was a roller coaster I mean, ride. And listen, I, I've been trying to defend Kerbello as one of their best guards. I still think he was one of their best guards tonight, yeah. which is saying something. But they were simply better with him on the court, and I think that says a lot about his defense over Plumber, probably more than anything.
2: I think so. I, I think there's something to be said for that. And then also – I mean, some of his plus minus can be, I'm not going to say it's all coincidental. Like he made some good passes. Like he had some, some alley-oops. He he was making some plays and I, I do think defensively, he's certainly more of a positive than Plummer. He's more of a positive than uh, some other guys out there. Even uh, Jake wasn't his usual self and really he's not uh, normally anything more than maybe an average defender at best. But uh, yeah, I think you look at defensively, but, Offensively, wasn't great for Carmelo. I mean, his his shooting, his turnovers, I I don't really know there. Another note that I know that fans are really upset about is R.J. Melendez never got an opportunity. Uh, Luke Goody also. I I would lean more towards R.J. I know that post-appendectomy hasn't been the same player and to throw him out in this kind of a moment. But the fact that Illinois was getting – beat for effort plays, beat on the glass. I mean, that's something that RJ has been able to do is fly around and, and go rebound and go make those type of plays. I think that was something that in hindsight you might have said, well, why not give him a chance there instead of, you know, just kind of going status quo with some of your older guys.
1: Yeah, even if it was like a two-minute run. I, I just thought, see if he can give you something, but I think – Underwood was really nervous that the game could have gotten away from defensively. He just, I don't think he trusts RJ Melendez defensively, uh, even as much as a guy like Jacob Grandison to just kind of make the simple play. But you got to have a threat out there. You need some life. And, and those guys have shown, RJ shown in the past that. You know, when teams struggle, and he can give them a little bit of life, a little bit of juice, and maybe a guy that can attack the basket, uh, maybe a guy who can and step up and hit a three, um, goody maybe. But I would, I would lean towards RJ. But I, I agree with fans; I, I would have given him a, a run at least at some point, knowing it could have gone poorly. Um, but at least see uh, if there's any kind of energy there, because I think uh RJ's earned that from the past. And um, you were desperate; right? you were just desperate at some point. Was there anything like? I was concerning about what Chattanooga was doing other than for me, it was just pressuring the guards. Like if, if Houston, they were watching that game, they're in the building. I'd just pressure the heck out of Trent Frazier, Alfonso Plummer, because they were pushed beyond the arc and just not comfortable going off the dribble until the very end. Plummer had a, a great take to the end to, uh, to the rim to get those free throws.
2: Yeah. I thought they did a really good job of, making really once they got across half court things difficult in terms of running their actions. And they were switching some stuff in terms of like their handoffs and running off screens and just putting the pressure on the guards. And the further away you make them operate, the further they are from feeding Kofi, the further they are from getting a quality shot. I think also attacking the glass, attacking the offensive glass, which is really in Houston's DNA. They do it as well as anybody out there. Number two in the country, offensive rebounding rate. See Chattanooga gets 16, you blitz the offensive glass because Plummer is boxing out nobody. Trent Frazier usually is not at all a factor uh, on the defensive glass or the glass in general. That, that's a big, I think, schematic point for opponents is really double down. And Houston's going to do that anyway. Um, I, I think also when you looked at some of their Chattanooga success, they ball screened Illinois pretty effectively early. And that was something that was evident that it helped build their lead. Now in the second half, right. to hold Chattanooga at 20 points, Illinois did buckle down. Kofi did defend the paint a lot better. It Ended up with three blocks, uh, but that was something that you kind of looked at. You, you just got to you got to play harder. You got to you got to be able to rebound better, and then offensively, you got to run your stuff. They took some. They made some really bad decisions in terms of shots and turnovers, and then were so out of sorts, not doing what they.
0: Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: I mean, there was that stretch there where Andre Corbello throws the ball at Coleman Hawkins. who's not looking at him. I blame Corbello for that. Yeah. Um, and then Trent, in the in the fast break, just whips the ball out of bounds to no one. Uh, it was just frazzled. It was just, you got to get some poise here. I don't know if you can... Get that maybe they pray a little bit more free because they're underdogs to Houston here, Derek, and and not a lot of people are expecting them now to go to the Sweet 16. But you got to regroup here. You got to find some poise. You got to make some shots. Of course, Trent Frazier missed open shots. Alfonso Plummer missed some open shots today, uh, but eventually made them. So all of that goes into it. But as you said, let's let's look ahead to Houston. A much tougher matchup. Um, number four team in the Kempom, or number yeah four team in the Kemper. Number five seed in this regional. A little bit of a tough draw, kind of like Loyola Chicago. And we learned uh, just a few minutes ago, Illinois has a. Twelve ten Eastern time start, eleven ten Central time a.m. start on Sunday. So a very quick turnaround here for both teams. It's kind of crazy that Villanova uh, and Ohio State are playing much later in the day uh, than those two teams, uh, even though they played much earlier in the day today. But that's what it is. Both teams are going through. Both teams are shooting the same ball. Houston shot that NCAA ball just fine today, ten for twenty-one. Kyler Edwards was fantastic. Uh, Kelvin Sampson led him to a Final Four. He's obviously a very good coach, despite uh, Illinois fans' history with Kelvin Sampson. So you can find some revenge uh, for him stealing Eric Gordon here. But um, if Illinois plays like it does did tonight, Derek, they're going to get blown out by Houston. So they they have to find a way to play.
2: Houston want to beat them by 25 tonight. I mean, at least Uh, I think that I wouldn't expect Illinois to, to have that same type of performance. Uh, Then again, I I don't really know what to expect. Illinois. That's kind of where they're as a team, right?
1: Mercurial is a word I used for them tonight. I think that, I think that's what they are. You just don't know. They're unpredictable at this point.
2: They are. They, They certainly are. And I think that Houston's a tough matchup. And when you in the 4-5 spot, and you know that if the 5 doesn't get upside by the, upset by the 12, you're going to have a tough game, and that's certainly where you're at with Houston. I think the fact of Chattanooga's success on the offensive glass, and we've seen some teams here down the stretch against Illinois be able to get a lot of second-chance opportunities. Houston's going to do that. I think also the fact that Houston's six in the country in two-point field goal percentage defense, the way that they have size with Josh Carlton, who's a very good shot blocker, offensive rebounder, Uh, He can, at 6'11", 245, 250, uh, can defend Kofi. But they trap the post pretty much every single time. So you got to expect extra help to come that way. They turn you over. Not only do they trap the post, they trap ball screens. They really are flying around defensively and trying to make you uncomfortable. And for as uncomfortable as Illinois was tonight against a Chattanooga defense that's yeah, I think they were in the 80s in terms of defensive efficiency. This is one of the best defenses out there. So uh, they got some size. They got athleticism. They're a really good team. I know that they're down. They're, they're top player uh, in terms of, what's his name again? Marcus Sasser. Marcus Sasser being out. They're, they're a tough matchup. I know they have one quad one win all year, but they're they're a very good team, and that
1: uh, you have to feel a lot better the way they're playing here recently, as opposed to Illinois. Yeah. You got a big guard in Kyler Edwards. They got size to combat Kofi Coburn. It, it is a tough matchup. Like when they drew Houston, I was like, Oh, that, that's not bad. It's an American team, right? They, they have not really beat many teams that are great this year though. They have a couple power wins over high major opponents this season. Um, it, it didn't look like a team that you would be too concerned about, especially when like Iowa was a five, right? But you look at the matchup now, and and with the way Illinois played its last couple of games, uh, there's just not a lot of confidence. You wrote about it coming in, Derek, after the Indiana loss. Like it's hard to have a lot of confidence in this team, but if you can get Trent Frazier to have a Trent Frazier, you know, streak game. Uh, what's what's the word he always uses? Trent Frazier one gets his heaters. Yeah, gets on one of his heaters. That's what I was looking for. Um, you have a chance, right? If Andre Cabello plays as controlled as he was and makes some more shots, and if they continue to defend like they are here recently, they're going to give themselves a chance. But they got to find something uh, offensively, and they got to be the tougher team. I, I don't think they've been the tougher team the last few games they played.
2: I don't think so either. And I think that the one the, the, the one thing you got to hope, in addition to what you're saying about Trent finally figuring it out, is that all that was wrong tonight. And that you just kind of got it out of your system. You survived. And maybe you, I know they, they breathe the sigh of relief, uh, relief tonight. And hopefully that takes a little bit, bit of the pressure off and they come back out on this court and they feel some familiarity and they feel that ball. I don't even want to do that. I don't even <laughs> want to talk about the ball, honestly. I show up and, and win the game. I mean, Houston yeah. made, made shots, made threes. Uh, your season's on the line. And I, I that's what I don't, I understand. I don't want to dwell on it too much because you won the game and it is surviving advance. And there are a lot of these higher seeds that get pushed by these 12, 13s. And I mean, Kentucky season's done. So you're in a better spot than than they are. But I don't understand the lack of urgency. I don't understand the lack of fight. It just didn't look like a team that learned anything from Loyola or, or was ready for this. And I don't, I don't understand not being ready. Um, a lot of lots going to have to change against Houston. But then again, like you said, they're kind of in a different role and maybe it'll be a different day. Yeah. And I got
1: to be honest with the two guys I'm looking at are Trent Frazier and Demonte Williams. Like you need more from those guys. Like how many, you know, Trent had the one rebound where he got fouled, got got some free throw on That was a hustle play. Demonte had six rebounds, but you just need more leadership uh, from those guys. And for me, that's walking the walk and, and, and getting it done. Like, I get Kerbella makes these mistakes. I'm not trying to make uh, excuses for him, but at least his mistakes are out of aggression. Like I, I'd rather die with that than, than die with some of this timidity and, and just not uh, going for it. Like uh, Brett Underwood said, come in, we're going to let it fly. They didn't let it fly tonight. They were just completely tight. Um, they got to get over that. We'll see if they can do it. We'll see if they can put the script there. But if they don't, they're playing a team who's been there, done that. Houston made the Final Four last year. A lot of these guys were a part of that experience. Calvin Sampson coached them to that Final Four. Uh, They're going to be aggressive, and they got to be so confident based on what uh, transpired in both the games tonight. Them, you know, never really a doubt against UAB. It was mostly up by double digits most of the night, and then Illinois – Leading for 25 seconds, Houston should be coming to this very confident. But Illinois has got to find a way to to find its mojo, uh, like Austin Powers, in the last uh, next 36 hours.
2: Yeah, that's a good line. There. Uh, I like that. Um, yeah, Calvin Sampson trying to go to his third straight Sweet 16. Like you said, they went to the Final Four last year. They're gonna be playing with a lot of confidence. A lot of, I mean, their their style is just all out toughness flying around defensively. And I think that they're going to do a pretty good job making things tough on Kofi and limiting his attempts. And if Illinois guard plays an up to the challenge, they're just simply not going to win the game. I think there is an opportunity with Sasser being out to kind of have Houston in hindsight say, you know, if we would have had him, we would have beat Illinois, but um, the way they're playing right now, I think that uh, Illinois has more to answer than, than Houston, obviously, but if Frazier Shoots it well, steps up. If Plummer takes that second half and, and parlays it forward, uh, and Curbelo just dials, reels it in a little bit, then uh, the guard play can prevail. But I don't know. You're, you're really going to need.
1: You're really going to need that, right? Like I, I feel like they're going to make things difficult for Kofi. I still think Kofi can have a strong game because he's he an All-American, Kofi Coburn, uh, Hawkins. We haven't mentioned him enough. Um, what a leap he's taken! And, again, they don't win tonight without him. Ten points, eight rebounds, two assists, the big block at the end. Um, Just coming up with with huge plays. I I feel good about your front court. I I really do. And not that you're getting anybody else. Coleman played 33 minutes. Kofi played 35. And, you know, Grandison and Benjamin Bossman's dredonk and Omar Payne played little minutes here. Um, But you feel good about what those two guys are getting. You need one of those games, I think, on, on Sunday where Frazier and Plummer, you know, combined for 30 points. I, I, you need that kind of performance to move on. And that was always the case. And at some points this season, Derek, we had confidence that could happen. We had a stretch here tonight where Plummer took over a game, helped you win a game. They're going to need that every game now from their guards or at least one of their guards uh, to, to advance. I mean, this team can't survive making three three-pointers a game. It has to make eight plus likely to, to be used.
2: Trip Frazier, Alfonso Plummer are all big 10 guards. They got to play like it. And if they don't, then Illinois is bowing out. But yeah, that's a good point on Coleman. Coleman continues to, to make plays. And if you would have said a month ago that your season was going to come down to whether or not Coleman makes a play at the very end, you would have said, well, I guess we're done. (laughs) Um, And no, but to his credit just continues to, to show
1: up and be, I mean, He's become one of your more reliable players, as crazy as that sounds. It's been your second-best player in the recent weeks. I mean, we also got to give Kofi. Uh, Coleman misses the front end. He was – I mean, that was a tough moment. I was 10 feet from him, and he was breathing hard, taking deep breaths. That's a, that's a big moment, and hopefully you can learn from that. But Kofi to get the rebound and put back. Guy's been clutch. Guy has been really clutch, made his free throws towards the end of the game too. So um, those two you feel good about. But if you can just get – two of those guards to step up in the same game, that's when you can make Houston nervous. That's what it's going to take. But we haven't seen it. And I know. I, know. <laughs>
2: I mean, I haven't seen it for a little while. But I mean, they're definitely capable of it. Uh, the fact that Coleman is playing the way he is, Fabian White for Houston is a really good foreman. And the fact that you're not dying over that matchup and just, you know, biting your nails off it says a lot about Coleman, but I think it also t- speaks to the concerns, the newfound concerns you have in Illinois' backcourt, and that's something you wouldn't have necessarily expected a couple of weeks ago, but that's the reality. Is Trent Frazier capable? Can he come off of this game and just kind of have renewed life and, and be able to, to lock back in and make shots? Yeah, he's he's capable of heaters. He's capable of competing defensively and being what you need, but uh, him and Plummer and, and DeMonte, Carbello, those those are guys that are going to have to rally and be able to – to play a really, really good game against a tough Houston team.
1: Outside of Purdue, it wasn't a pretty day uh for the Big Ten, but uh all five Big Ten teams do advance. And Illinois, unlike Iowa, did survive in, in advance. Um, so unlike you know the Hawkeyes, unlike Illinois last year, uh, you don't or I guess Illinois was the second round last year, but you don't fall in that first round this time like Iowa did. So you find a way to to survive, Derek. But there's just questions of whether they can further advance, right? Like we've seen. Too many lingering concerns here to think you can beat one of the metric darlings and uh, a team that could really give, I think, uh, Arizona a potential run because Arizona showed some flaws tonight and, and Houston can can be really tough. So we'll see. You never know with this team. Right. But they are just one win away from the second weekend in the Sweet 16. So you got to put it all together for one night.
2: Yeah. I mean, if you're in the Sweet 16 again, we have talked about it regardless of what we saw tonight, if you can yep. just kind of relate, race that off your memory, not saying you should or that you will. Uh, if you're going to San Antonio in a Sweet 16 game against Arizona or whoever it is, maybe Arizona gets upset, you never know. Uh, but most likely against the Wildcats, you throw it up and you, you go out there and see what you can do. And you're there for the first time since 2005. And I do think that maybe some of that tightness, some of that anxiety just lifts off your shoulders and you can just go out there and play. I think you're hoping that you're going to have that at noon Eastern time. Is it Eastern noon Eastern noon Eastern on Sunday? You hope that that's kind of the case as well, but uh, yeah, you didn't, ultimately fall i think three four
1: hours away from now by the yeah, way
2: that's wild yeah <laughs> it's crazy if you were playing a team i don't want to knock chattanooga because i think they're a solid squad but if you were playing a team with a little bit more offensive capability if you're playing a team that execute a little bit better down the stretch made some more free throws you're going home and i i mean the way we were watching st peter's hit shots last night when we were you know eating eating our burgers and putting a couple of beers down i mean you didn't see that out of, out of chattanooga and it would have been totally it would have been the same story. You would have been going home, but you're not, and uh, you got to be able to use that as an opportunity to to write to write it and um, play the type
1: of game you're capable of. Got to make a, take advantage of that fortune of, of surviving tonight. You did find a way to win. Made some big plays. Played some good defense. We'll see if they can put together a better performance. Again, it's a 12-10 Eastern time tip-off here in Pittsburgh. 11-10 for you guys in the Central Time Zone. Illinois, a a four-and-a-half-point underdog against Houston with an over-under of 133.5. So they figure it's going to be a low-scoring affair. Uh, between two teams that uh, – or one team that really struggled to score today. But I think Illinois will make it tougher than, than UAB did on, on Houston. So uh, we'll be there. I want inquire three deep. Joey Wagner is going to have a fun story looking ahead of how this team scouts. Derek will have player grades, of course, your three keys and a pick for the uh, round of 32 matchup. But we are staying in Pittsburgh. We get to stay a little while. Like, how about you make it a, another week? We got a quick turnaround in San Antonio. That'd be a blast, but uh, we'll see what happens Sunday. Thank you all for listening to the line Inquirer podcast. Give us a rating, review, and a follow wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate that. And check out all the content at IlliniInquirer.com. Everybody have a great day. Rest up for the early tip-off on Sunday. We'll talk to you then on the Illini Inquirer podcast.